Ladies and gentlemen, you all look so well dressed and you look full of spirit and full of vigor. And you all look forward to an interesting reception with um, illustrious guests. Our first guest is a lady, a super lady, <laughs> Laura Rudert. She was elected to Austrian National Council at the early age of 26. Then she became federal executive director and then youngest ever secretary general where she served for five years. Then she attended a seminar at Stanford University and she decided to stay there and to join the coolest, the most mysterious, the most secret startup in Silicon Valley. <laughs> the name of this company, the origin is from Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. And the most famous data program is called Gotham. You all know Gotham City, the hometown of Batman. And uh, there she is, chief strategy officer right now at Palantir. And there she makes science fiction become reality. Jochen Wegner is editor-in-chief of Zeit Online. And in talking with uh, Jochen, Laura will for the first time unveil to this exclusive group of people here all the secrecies and all the mysteries of Palantir and in particular which and she will disclose just to us which secret services around the world work with Gotham and now welcome to Laura and Jochen This is, as Rainer mentioned, Laura. She's Executive Vice President, Strategy at Palantir. She used to be a four, so really famous Austrian politician five years ago, and she basically totally disappeared for five years. She's almost never on stage, I think, three, two or three times in all these five years. Yeah, and look so what happens. So we feel really honored. <laughs> <laughs> she just can't talk because Palantir is a really interesting company. It's one of the most expensive unicorns we have on this planet with valuation of between 20 and 40 million. Um, it's not profitable by the, a billion. Did I say million? Sorry. Sorry. Billion. It's funded by Peter Thiel and Alex Karp, who's running around downstairs in the pavilion of, of Palantir, who almost never talked in the, in the last years. Um, early investor in QTEL, of CIA's investment arm, and they are doing, and you, you will explain it later, big data analytics like developing software that helps find patterns in huge amounts of data. You track down bin Laden, but you can't confirm that. Um, <laughs> you, today you, you claim, so Alex claims, Alex Karp claims you uh, are preventing a terror attack every week uh, with your software all over the planet. You're also working with uh, the German state, I learned. You help to verify that Iran is not building nuclear weapons. You help banks to detect fraud. You help Airbus to find failures in their supply chain. Actually, 80% of your business is private. It's not public. Public sector. Um, 
And Palantir is one of the most discreet and secretive companies in the world. So, and you used to be in, in Austrian politics. So the first thing, you, you wrote an essay about this in Handelsblatt uh, just recently. How was it to go from a socialist Austrian politician to becoming a Silicon Valley entrepreneur? So how, how, how do you look at this world from, with your Austrian eyes? Yeah, so like, um, so I actually like when I resigned from politics, like after 10 years, um, I thought like I had a desire after more pragmatism, right? And I thought that I would find that um, in, 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 uh, at the West Coast, but I had no clue what actu actually shall I do after politics. Mm. Um, so I did this sabbatical at Stanford, mm -hmm. a one year program, um, and I was scared off um, by the West Coast mentality of like, we find new business models and disrupt existing ones um, and the, the, the arrogance, right? Um, and then I was in a lucky situation to meet uh, for the Bay Area, very exotic company with a even more exotic like founder and CEO, Alex Karp and Palantir. He's a former um, neo-Marxist, to, to be precise, <laughs> and socialist, <laughs> and he has a this, this PhD term, with like, Habermas. Look, yeah, so he, like, he, he did... Like, he, did his PhD at Frankfurt School. He was a student of Habermas, and he did the PhD in German, right? Like you see how I struggle with speaking English. Um, he did his PhD in German, so it's like um, you can see it's a different kind of like the usual Silicon Valley um, mm. uh, person. He's different, but that Mendel somehow like through the whole company. Um, so they do not feel that they should like disrupt um, industries, but they want to transform it. Um, they are a little bit like bridging the worlds between software, but also like traditional old um, 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 industry and companies. They like embrace inhomogeneity and bipolarity. And so I feel like it's good to be a little between the worlds. And so I managed to have best out of both worlds. Um, so I'm uh, in Silicon Valley, but also half of the time in Europe, because that's like our, uh, a strong market mm. for us. We, have, we will talk about the ethics of your business mm -hmm. um, soon, but yeah. can you describe in five sentences what you are actually doing at Palantir? No. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so, thank you very much. <laughs> it was a pleasure. <laughs> Sorry, Reiner. <laughs> so, let me start with what we are not doing, okay? So, we, we do not bring data, we do not have data, we do not take data. We are not even a data company. We are actually a software company that helps organizations and institutions to understand their data better, um, to drive better decisions. So we are kind of like data logistic uh, platform um, in highly regulated and complex environments. So institutions and organizations uh, rarely succeed in making most out of the data. Why? Because uh, it's unstructured and through um, scale also unmanageable. Mm. And so we build, um, we, we bring them together in a united platform, um, accessible for authorized subject matter experts. And like easy, like when you understand your data better, you make better decisions, you have better outcomes. So if you, um, like if you, if you, if you increase production, you produce more cars. If you are more efficient in supply chain, then you, like save money if you understand customer markets better, um, you sell more, and so on and so on. Um, so we help organizations and institutions to understand their own already accessible data better. Um, and why does it, we will come to that, but like 
Um, yeah. But you do Is not it understandable? Because yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, easy totally to understand. Okay. <laughs> so you do not collect data yourself. You exactly. only work for companies who have data. Exactly. And the data stays where they are. Hmm. Um, and, and we help institutions and organizations to that they can that they use their data more efficient and make more out of their data landscape mm. what we are not bringing in new data i was wondering if so donald trump is here and is your business becoming easier since he got elected or more complicated so you're working for all the three letter agencies in the u.s for example all over the world in Western yeah. democracies, not just in the US, also in yeah. Europe, and I think that also answers your questions. Like, don't care. Um, we don't care. Like we are a data operating system. It's like we. It's not on us to decide. It's a good or it's a bad government. As you can imagine, I have an opinion. Mm. Um, What's your but opinion? But it's like I'm a social. Dem I, I'm still a social democrat, and I so support secretly. We are an operating system, and I do think it's very important that Western democracies use their data better to become more efficient. Yeah. And I think that's in a democracy key that governments, no matter like um, um, like that governments that are elected, are working efficiency. That's like that 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 it's, it's, a, it's a need. Um, but so the especially also in the in the security field that make decision based hmm. on data. Hmm. Um, the elected governments become more complicated, I have the feeling. So especially <laughs> when you look at the US or other, other countries. So f one example, um, that so at least your business is watched more closely these days. So there are protests going on week after week for quite some time of students who protest at universities, do not go to Palantir, um, mainly because you, um, so, so the US government is using your software to find the parents of children who try, so who immigrated to the yeah. US, and so that's uh, huge coverage everywhere in, in investigative reports yeah. and stuff like that. And so they protest in front of the Palantir um, headquarter and wherever. So, so on micro, um, on micro, we are not working with this department. But I want to answer it macro because you are not an American journalist, so I'm you will so have sorry. a second and a third question. So I will answer it um, because what you are describing is like. As I said, like we are working with Western democracies all over the world, not just mm. in the US, also in Europe, especially the Nordics, and so on and so on. Um, and we do that under the rules of law. Does it mean that everything that is like legal is also legitimate? No. And you have, when we are aware that we have a very powerful tool, or we give our um, partners a very powerful tool in their hands, um, so it's important to assess every single case, and I'm, I can tell you, not just in the government field, also with our commercial customers. Hmm. We are working very closely, uh, close with, our, with the subject, matters, sub, subject matter experts, uh, with our customers, and we have a whole team. Hmm. It's called privacy team. It's looking into case by case for the areas that are gray, right? Where you are, where it's legal allowed, but is it legitimate? Um, Again, it's not just in the in the in the field of government, but also um, in the commercial sector. Can you but mention projects you declined to do? So, most of like sometimes it's use cases with customers. Many of them in the commercial sector, and it's not about declining, but it's finding. We are also declining. We declined to work for a tobacco uh, company and so on. But it's like we 
very often say together with our customers also no to things uh -huh. where you are already able to, but you 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 don't want to. Again, it's a super like it's we are aware that it's a very sensitive area, um, and and I think there's no general answer, but you need to assess case per case, and you need um, to, mm. to to look at it very carefully. Yes, so, so Alex Carp uh, said tech CEOs shouldn't be making politics or policy, yeah. which is in a way it's, it's true, but if you're building tools that can be used in a good way or a bad way, and sometimes you, you just have to decide if you deliver weapons to special states or not, or it Absolutely. can be used. So as we a decided to work with Western democracies um, that are elected, and I do not think actually that it is on Palo Alto companies to decide and be more important than the society or the voters. Mm. Um, we, but it is a clear decision that we work with Western democracies. Mm. Um, and how do you make sure if your clients work with really private data, we come back later to that mm -hmm. because there's a great example about cancer research, for example. How you, do you make sure that my private data, if it's aggregated in your database, is not used in, in the wrong way so that it stays private? I learned that, that much complexity of your business goes into thinking how you can make sure that these private data sets stay private, even when you look at, at broad data mountains all the time. Exactly. Like from, from day one of uh, founding the company and building the company and the product, or the two products, um, it was like a focus, like how um, can you support institutions to, to use their data more efficient um, and at the same time saving individual freedom and privacy uh, rights. How does that work? Um, like that's actually something that, that tech can solve, right? Like mm. controlled access, um, transparency and who is changing what information, um, who is seeing what information, and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. um, that's also key, and we will come later to it in the commercial sector when it's about like building these B2B platforms, right? Because when you want to have cross-industrial um, collaborations, you need to enable competing um, um, companies to collaborate in a controlled way. Mm. And here, I think software can um, help. Mm. This, so, my, yeah. <laughs> Too complicated. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we, I, I want to share one fear with you I yep. have. So, I'm not a criminal, but it's I, good I fear that at one, <laughs> at one point in time, just I, I, I will show a data pattern that makes software like Palantir software, ma makes them think I'm doing something strangely. So you're looking always for, for similarities, very, very complex similarities, for example, and you track down people who are doing evil things. But yeah. you can also be tracked down just due to your data pattern. And then you have to prove that you just have a pattern and I did nothing wrong. So that's the new world we are going into now. And it's really complex to think about um, about software and how you live in that world in the future. Yeah. Did you ever think about that? So you're producing. Yeah. yeah, that yeah look, it's it, it's not. I'm not saying it's an it's a it's a like that it is not that, that it is an easy question. Um, there is an easy answer. How like I do think that finding like having all data um, and like again w what we what we don't do right we don't 
bring new information. It's like all the information you already have. But nowadays you would spend like 80% of your time comparing the information, collecting the information, 20% um, with analyzing it. Mm. And I do think also in the security field, um, or especially also, that the human should spend 80% of analyzing information and not like collecting it and, and comparing it. Mm. Um, but we are not inventing new rules. But again, with the software and the powerful tool, you, you will be able to do more and new things. And so, of course, we need to think about where to apply it and where not to apply it. So I'm mm. not saying that's not a, an important question, but I just wanted to clarify that it's not, yeah. we are not bringing in an, a new, like, a new, a new rule what to compare. It's like a state is saying in the field of security, this data is allowed to share. Hmm. It's not, we are not bringing in a new law. So we need new laws and new politics to, to deal with that. And do you have the feeling that politicians understand what's going on? As a politician. Like, do we Former all understand what's going on? No, it's like, <laughs> I, like, look, I, it's, it's not on, 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 on me to, to, to give like, political advice. I do think that we um, should talk about data differently, right? We are always talking about the risk of data, risk of mm -hmm. data, risk of data. Um, but we are never talking about the risk of not using data. Okay. The risk of not using data when it's about cancer research. The Let's risk talk about of cancer not, research. Or let me, like, so I, Again, yeah. No, no, <laughs> you're the so moderator. No, 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 no. no. Uh, no you're right. So just because you're mentioning <laughs> cancer research, there was an interview in, in Handelsblatt some days ago with the Merck CEO who, who famously mentioned Palantir because you have a joint venture with Merck mm -hmm. and you try to build a spot. He said you're building a Spotify for cancer research. What are you doing there? What, what are so the, 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 the reason why we actually never talk is because our customers are much better in it. Um, so I will leave most of the explanation um, to, to Merck. Um, so we, 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 we try um, to bring all stakeholders in cancer research together and let them collaborate um, so that, that they improve the R&D to cancer research uh, faster. So institutions, scientists, researchers, and so on. Um, and like you, you mentioned uh, Merck and Stefan Oschmann, who also talked about like the importance of collaboration and cross-industrial collaboration and um, institutions and, and, and organizations that maybe usually or sometimes even compete with each other um, need to collaborate in a very controlled mm. way in certain fields. Um, and we see that in aviation, when you look at Airbus, we see that in healthcare um, with Merck, uh, we see that in mobility, and like there's almost no industry where not like um, companies and institutions collaborate with each other. Mm. Um, mm. Okay, just to get the record straight, when will you go public? Like, um, an advantage so that I have um, compared to Mr. Baumann, I'm not the CEO, so I do so not need to answer that question. <laughs> Rainer, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to ask Carp and then tell me, please. So, so 
<laughs> What's the problem about going public these days? So you you can talk about this. No, I ca like I can't like I told you I can't I can't yeah, now, I know so I know I know. Okay. But the, like the truth is that we are not so focused on on that. We are focused on like um, building this B two being the operator, powering yeah. more and more B two B platforms, improving our product product, um, make it like the hurdle to use it because like most of the users. Um, our non-engineers, our subject matter experts, mm. we try to make them better in what they are already good in. So we are not, we are take 80% of the company are engineers there and we, we are not, we are not focused on that question. Before we come to an end, I have to ask you about your essay uh, again. You just recently about, wrote about, hey, Europe is not so bad. So all the Europe bashing and the industry is just stupid and it's not Silicon Valley and stuff. You, so, uh, American CEOs could learn a lot from European companies. Oh, yeah. What exactly? So, like the the, the uh, like my feeling is that the last last decade, um, Europe was like dominated by fear, right? Like we were, and I can say we like we were afraid of like AI, China, Valley, data, whatever. Um, and now there comes like a new um, epoch where it's like where you can feel more confidence and willingness to shape. And I think that's important because like Europe has everything you need, right? Like they have trust, um, they have know-how that they generated, they have subject matter expertise. And of course, like they have an unbelievable amount of data and substance data. And when we agree that the next epoch uh, will not be about like B2C platforms, but around B2B platforms, I do think that's actually like a, a play field where Europe can and should um, win. And my experience talking to executives in, 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 in Europe is, and you, you mentioned um, uh, Merck before, and like you can see that there is a new confidence, and I think that's the confidence that Europe needs. Hmm. And coupled with like subject matter expertise, data, um, and, and, and trust that they have Do you have the feeling that so you so you describe Europe as the third way between somewhere you said China with its imperialism and um, the U.S. with their disruptive culture and there's this third European way maybe it's democracy and multilateralism and social democrats yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so do you have the feeling that so this our system is able to solve the large problems of the planet. I think especially. Like, so look, like climate. Look, fine, We didn't yeah. talk about climate for at least 20 yeah. minutes now. <laughs> so But I know we're you speaking we're after me, so it's like, I will. Oh, yeah, yeah, the people don't. I don't <laughs> the real I, expert is speaking after me. The no, audience like, doesn't know. No, but it's, a, so I, like, I, like, I think, yes, absolutely. Um, because one thing is like finding the, uh, finding the algorithm that suggests you the movie you should watch Uh, when you sit on the couch, okay, that went to Silicon Valley. But like innovating research when it's about cancer or other um, diseases, that that's like that's a very complex um, field and, and, and thing. And you need to uh, like there are much more stakeholders involved. Um, and doing that by protecting privacy and, and personal freedom, um, that's like I, I, I wouldn't I couldn't imagine who else than Europe. Uh, should win that and, and be able to do mm. that. Okay. Can you comment on the Austrian politics? So what's your feeling about Austria these days? <laughs> <laughs> just Look, just yeah, one, one yeah, or two. Yeah. So you're happy with this situation? I think, I think 
both of uh, like he, Sebastian uh, Kurz and, and, and I, I think like we, we, we proved the world that it's like while many countries have like this I don't know like maximum age for becoming politician we have a minimum age in Austria <laughs> um, no serious like when like I resigned seven years ago um, I promised myself that I will never comment on Austrian politics then I managed to find this secretive company um, and almost anyway never speak um, I break it now, but not when it's about commenting Austrian politics. Okay. So thank you very much for being on stage for the third time in the last <laughs> five years.